0: to the piper carter podcast you are listening to piper carter on the detroit is different podcast network i am in the studio it is officially black august we are in black august and guess what we haven't um podcasted in a minute there's been a lot going on i'm gonna go ahead and bring my guests into the studio um i want to bring my co-host Brittany march welcome what's up piper carter I'm good. Welcome back. We missed you. Missed you too, Pipe. What's going on? I I am I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Um, just there's so much going on. I'm gonna bring my guests in first, our guests in first, and then we can probably get into the banter banter.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: Yeah, um, so Yusuf Shakur is is no stranger to uh, <laughs> Detroit is different. Um, we also have uh Kwasi. You know, Kwasi just told me his last name for the first time, and I totally forgot it. And it's definitely not a (laughs) Jammu. Wait, but uh, but Kwasi and Brittany, say peace. 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 All right, hey Kwasi, say peace. Peace, all right, (laughs) Yusuf, say peace. What up, though? All right, yeah, thank you, thank you. So um, I definitely, I want to start with you, Brittany. What's up? Can you just give us an update on what's been going on with you since the last time you've been here at the podcast?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I've been enjoying the summer podcasting at Detroit is Different, wouldn't you say? You hosted one event. We've had a lot of live performances, Uh, Luther Keith, we've had um, Molly Wap, we've also had uh, I think Loretta, which is an amazing blues artist. Um, I just first love what Kari is doing, and I'm so excited for this interview because we have some like-minded people that remind me of Kari and just very passionate about what they're doing. So that's what I've been doing this summer is enjoying Detroit is different as an outlet on a Thursday night. Um, with that being said, I've also been enjoying um, cultivating my passion, which is pizza. And just uh, really been buckling down and trying to figure some things out. Um, stepping out and uh, doing a couple pop-ups that I normally don't do. Uh, because we are at the Village every single Sunday. And uh, because it is Black August In the first week of it, we are at the Village Saturday and Sunday this week. So, pizza it out. What about you, Pipe? What's been going on with you?
0: Uh, So, for me, I have... Man, there's so much going on. You know, so last year... My mom passed away the week before Mother's Day, so I was working through all of that, and then my father passed away the week before Father's Day this year, like, and so Ashe. just yeah, Ashay, Ashay, and so just like working through all of that. So that's part of the reason that I haven't podcasting like so long, just trying to, you know, just get my energy back and get focused. Um. How you feeling? I feel good. I've been uh, teaching youth programming. I'm mm. teaching about three summer youth programs right now. So you know, I feel good um, being with the young people. So they definitely give me energy. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, just doing that. And then, well, um, well you got
1: to break down what you're teaching too, so we we can get a get a taste of what you what what you are giving the youth this summer.
0: So one youth program is here. Detroit is different it's an internship they're learning how to podcast um another that's through the heritage works um and the grow Detroit young talent so they're interns actually and then um the the next program is um it's through um the EMIAC, which is East Michigan Environmental Action Council. So we teach them environmental justice, but we teach them all types of justice. And so we go into community with them. We do door-to-door. I've been training them on that for past four or five years or such and actually this week we're gonna be at mama um, a cool house nice um for the backpack event which we're gonna hear some more about but excited um excited for that yeah so but we go door to door and share information with different um community organizations and so um the young people get a chance to learn from the different people in the community like um people's platforms dream of detroit um Detroit Black Community Food Security Network and just, um, you know, what people are doing in community and how to, you know, uh, how the issues impact people in community. They learn better about the issues and then share that with people that live in these communities so that, you know, people can be more empowered. I mean, and just training them on um, on justice issues and connecting them with people who could train them on justice issues and then training them how to do um, the door to door and connect with people and just like, you know, be in community. Um, and then my third youth program I'm doing is an arts camp that's happening at, um, the Scarab club, which is, um, Malika Pryor. Okay. Um, she's curating it and it's basically about her grandmother, Del Pryor, who was um, the first African-American, um, uh, art gallery owner here in Detroit. Wow. And so, uh, and so she, um, is where the young people are learning about her legacy mm. and then they're doing art. They're connecting with different arts and we take them on field trips to the different galleries and museums and things. And then um, we teach them different art classes, like drawing, painting, photography and stuff like that. So that's only that's just like a two week art camp um, that ends in two weeks. And that's the little kitty. So anyway, that's enough about me. I want to get into our guests and everything like that. Let's so, do it. yeah, I'm going to pass it to um, Yusuf. So, you we usually just start with like some banter and just you know how we're doing, what's going on with us, um, and just like update folks on like you know where we are in our life at, at this moment. So, um, yeah. So, uh, what what's going on with you, brother?
2: Um, I'm fair for all's what What's going on? We're getting prepared for the 16th annual. Ava Joe Neighborhood Festival and Backpack Giveaway. I am a year, a year deep in my PhD program. So really carving out what my dissertation is going to be about. I'll continue to build out the, the Mama Cool House, preparing for some programming in the fall. We're knee deep in building out another house to be a community institution research place around the corner from the Mama Cool community house so just stay active and continue to uh, build and grow and stay, stay consistent.
0: So um can you say a bit more about your uh dissertation or is it is it okay to share?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Okay.
0: Um
2: so my dissertation the idea that I'm, I'm flirting with and still working the, the kinks out is exploring the the social phenomena of black single mother mothers and who's raising sons in an urban environment so zeroing in on on my mother and myself and the dynamics of racial stigma stigmas and how that impacted her and it ultimately impacted me so my qualitative method will be autoethnography so, so using my life as as a base of research and others that are similar to it, so unpacking the dynamics around, uh, again, you know, a laying the foundation. So, looking at Detroit, the, the the Great Migration, the deindustrialization, the urban urban decay that came after that, and the the weight and the pressure that impacted a single mother, and then the things that I grew up in or survived then, the gang banging, prison. And then coming out of what I want to um coin identify as black transformation, but overstanding that that was a pattern or that was part of a a continuation, such as as we we're gonna talk about today, you know, George Jackson, you no know, Malcolm X and others um, prior prior to me you know, going experiencing prison and how how we created an opportunity to transform ourselves. That's a lot, but I'm still again so working out it's just the big picture of it.
0: Yeah, and um can you also share just um where you are?
2: So I'm talking about school.
0: Just just with your project with that dissertation. So
2: I'm, I'm at I'm at that crucial point where you know I'm doing a getting ready to, to do my first literature review. So that helps prepare me. So when I get to the the, uh, the dissertation part, I already have an idea and then most schools have what's called the comps, and comps is really, you know, the ability to know that you know what you know, or you learn what you learn, or you're learning what you're learning. So at the school I'm attending, we don't have necessarily a comp, but we have something that's equivalent to that, where I have to write a paper to be able to demonstrate that I understand research and and whatnot. So um, I'm very confident that once I get over these hurdles, everything else is pretty much downhill. This time next year, I'll be uh, working on my dissertation.
0: Wow, this is so. You know, this is like super powerful because um, I think of you (laughs) as a person who rejects, I'm going to say, I'm going to put quotes around like the system. Um, And so it's just, it's just ironic. That's all. I mean, I don't mean this in any sort of, it's like, well, they say like no shade, but it's just, it's ironic. It's interesting to see you going through this process. Can you speak to that transformation in you?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't think the transformation about that per se is it's a greater transformation of learning and studying. So, like most people know that quasi and I are, are, are considered friends, considered brothers, considered comrades. But most people don't know is like in that process of teachers and, and people I've learned from, my father, and he was one of the guys I learned from. And when you're a learner, you're a life learner and you learn anywhere um so it's not about the institution per se, it's about the knowledge that, you, that you're bringing i understand what these institutions are so i'm not going there for them to teach me to be what they want i'm going there to teach them to be what i, what I want and they they provide some resources some access so i think that we it makes sense to um to see me in that light but it's kind of what we talked about before we went on the air uh, like you said you so serious but the, i mean there there's other other avenues and other dynamics um, and one of those dynamics is serving my people. And to serve my people, I have to get better. And this is just an opportunity to do, to do that. And so um, I'm committed to learning. I'm committed to transforming. And this, that school just out offers that in every school that I went to. But the greatest school is, is School of Life.
0: What a great answer. Yusuf for president. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so, um, Quasi, I want to get you in here to talk a little bit. I mean, right now we're just, you know, letting people know, like, you know, how we're doing, you know, just where we are right now with, with our life and things and any updates or anything like that you want to share?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm wrestling with, uh, a loss in my life, you know, uh, you,
0: you. Bring know, that mic closer to you. You mentioned, uh,
3: that you experienced loss, from you know, parents uh, mm-hmm. loss, uh, One year behind another, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I know my brother here. You know his his dissertation changed a little bit, (laughs) uh, partly because his mother passed, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also creates an opportunity. You know, understand. You know, to Mm -hmm. dig deeper into that relationship Mm -hmm. using academic tools. Uh, But I lost a a nephew. Mm -hmm. I only had one uh, biological nephew, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and. It's kind of tragic, you know. I'm kind of numb to a lot of things, and uh, so I'm kind of wrestling internally with the feelings that, you know, that I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just trying to connect myself and not be so detached. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've seen a lot of death,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, uh, in my life. But you know, like I say, close to the, you know, in family, I really haven't, cause a lot of my family was either younger or they, I got family that squares. And you know, and the ones that wasn't, you know, uh it, you know, what I'm saying they survived a lot of the experiences. So I'm kind of dealing with that on a on a deeper level, uh, another level, I keep it moving and try to be active, uh, you know, uh, spending time with family and trying to balance work and not be preoccupied with what uh I cannot, you know what I'm saying, uh do anything about. But I'm trying to, you know, figure out how to how do I absorb that, you know, into my own, you know, uh going forward and how. What could i you know because i with what i could have done mm. you know in some of the things that i did and you know we had a relationship and uh so you know I, I think about that and then i think you know funeral's coming so i'm thinking about you know how do i you know communicate my feelings you know because mm. they are you know wide and deep and uh so but on another level uh we got, you know, an event coming up. Uh, celebrating Wait, bring family. Bring that closer to So Celebrating closer. family. Yeah. So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and I, it was almost canceled thinking that it was, you know, in the shadow of this tragedy. Okay. That it may not be a good idea, but then, you know, uh, it occurred to me in a more sober moment that mm. uh, right now it's more important because a lot of times, you know, uh, my nephew was no different than me. You know, he, he was a self-starter and ventured away from family and, you know, Charting out his his life's path, uh, it wasn't his fault. But at the same time, you know, uh, certain spaces can you know make us vulnerable just the same. Uh, one of those spaces, overall, which I understand, is the space called America, mm-hmm. where uh, we only hear by default of a crime committed against all of us. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm trying to contextualize all this and help it make sense without you know uh, you know losing that that closer personal
1: connection. Yeah. Finding that balance. Yes,
0: yeah. balance. Yeah. That that is it. And 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 thank you for that. And just the, the reason I wanted y'all to start off our Black August. So this so this month, normally you know we do just different shows about different things. You know um, all throughout uh, the year, but um, this month, um, dedicating the entire month to Black August, um, and just decided to do that because. Um, you know, it's such a rich time and an opportunity to really dig in and get some different types of stories. Like, so you you all are starting off our Black August. Um, there's going to be more heavy hitters, you know, coming through, you know, the series to give different um, points of view and different aspects. I consider uh, both of y'all freed abolitionists mm. uh, as the um, as having lived through you Know personal experience of the um atrocity of uh incarceration and and captivity, and 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 being out here now, you know, just planting so many seeds and so much regeneration that y'all are doing. That's just you know, um, the opposite of the of that you know, horrific experience that you went through. Um, I, I do want to talk about that, but before we go into your personal story, I wanted y'all to because just so people know, we have two scholars um learned studied you know book <laughs> uh like libraries walking libraries um that mm. have just absorbed so many pages and pages of um powerful information so i would i'm gonna ask y'all to center us in um you know the history of black august you Love know um, and maybe i can just have both you and Yusuf give us that history. So, does one of y'all want to like start us off and just go all the way back? Like, you know, treat us like we're, you know, the four-year-old and we don't know anything about, you know, George Please. Jackson. Just like start us from the beginning. So, who wants to kick it off?
2: I mean, I'll start with one. I don't consider myself an expert on Black August.
1: Uh, More so than me. Yeah, I mean,
2: I, I mean, I say that to say because it, it's it has evolved. Mm. Um, when we learned about it, uh, we learned inside, right, and we learned it from from firsthand experience. And so, just establishing the groundwork, Black August is, is about a commemoration, commemorating um, the life of J- uh, Jonathan George and what's the other brother?
3: Katari Golden.
2: Katari, Q- 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 and Qatari is kind of like the forgotten person in that because of you know, jonathan being assassinated august august 7 1970 george assassinated august 21st um august 1971 and then Qatari was a, a 70 72 or 70, 78 78 years later but it was the way things are evolved Qatari was part of the organizing committee that began to initiate after the 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 murders Not only of Jonathan George, but also other there have been other prisoners who have been killed as well. So to overstand Black August, there's to think about like the South, how how our ancestors, our elders was down there, and the white brutality, you know, the killing, the lynching. So imagine that. And then imagine that inside of a prison. Mm. Right. And the guards having, you know, you talking about this in the 50s and the 60s, like racism at its at its at its highest height. Particularly because there's no one, there's no checking balance. I mean, there's really no checking balance out here, but there's really none out there. So folks who are trying to organize or just do anything and they they just shooting you. They just or they setting you up. And, and you know, George uh Rose rose to the top. You know, when I say rose to the top because of his studying, you know, as he said in Blood of My Eye, I met the gorillas, you know, I met you no know, uh Marks, I met Lena, I met Shay. I met for, I met for nine, meaning he met he met the authors. He read these individuals, and these books had a a profound impact on him. But it was at a point in his life. And here's the thing that doesn't get talked about: like George George was a common criminal. Yep. As a result of of uh, as, as Quasi pointed out. The dynamics of America, you know, capitalism and, and and the structure of that, you know, put you in in the, in the space of surviving, and then getting in, in prison and not having direction in the, the part of the gang or start the gang, just doing doing, doing all kind of crazy stuff, right? But getting to that point where he where he develops a political consciousness, and it's and it's others as well, like again, George. Because of what he represented, and then also he he gets re- recruited into the Black Panther Party. You know, imagine an organization on the outside. You, you you're working so hard, you're representing a, a strong line like shit. Hey, Quads, I, I, we gonna re- recruit you from the inside to you know uh, represent that. And so uh, George be George became like our, our our new example of Malcolm X. You know, we hadn't seen. You know, even though there was others, but no one has really had been talked about, had been written about. Visit, had that visibility you know since Malcolm and and george was but george was like the next level the next level of a guerrilla revolutionary and I, that was that was profound and so i think when you talk about black august uh i mean i sometimes i i, I triple or i simplify by saying it's, it's like uh you know, black history Month on steroids you know because of the the the, the history there but it's, it's different the difference is because sometimes in trivializing black history month we we trivialize um Car G. Woodson not knowing the history, like Car G. Woodson didn't select it because it was shortest month. It was actually Black History Week. Others made it Black History Month years later. Um, but the difference is, it's about the resistance. It's about the movement inside of the prisons. It's the ability to be able, whether you, if you're capable of fasting, but more importantly, however you can do it, it's to better your life. But bettering your life for the advancement for liberation of black people new african people and that's the difference you know sometimes you know if you're a muslim and you think about ramadan and what ramadan offers you the ability to come back and reflect to rebuild reconnect that's the same thing with black august the difference is it's it's a cultural movement it's a political movement it's a it's an economical movement particularly tied to our larger movement so
0: yeah you can jump in there, yes why. indeed
3: yes indeed uh uh we were incarcerated in Michigan. Uh, it was in California prison system where black August began. Uh, again, it did, but it did, it was George and Jonathan Jackson, uh, kind of took the lead in the popular consciousness, but it didn't, you know, it didn't begin, you know, uh, Kari, uh, Katari Golden was killed. We, he died actually from medical neglect. Right. And, uh, in that neglect, uh, you know, people know that the prison were, uh, uh, deliberate and not allowing him to get the medical attention so it you know they you know it was, it was deliberate so you know people rebelled uh black august the way we learned it in michigan uh through literature of course mm-hmm. not through anyone who uh were participants in founding anything like that it spread like kwanzaa spread you know word of mouth from people that's involved in the struggle uh one of the things that yusuf didn't point out was that you know the prison movement was considered an extension of the Black Liberation Movement that was in the streets, and it was getting you know really hot inside. And uh, like you say, one of the things he talked about uh, the way the prisons or uh, uh, re- prisoners were repressed. Uh, George Jackson talked about being welded in his cell. They didn't have uh, right. <laughs> the, like the civil rights that prisoners enjoy today, uh, the right to at least an hour of uh, fresh air on a yard. You know, they would have people literally in dungeons for months yeah. on end because it was a some kind of medieval type you know attitudes governing these processes so uh george jackson was part of a beginning of a movement a lot of them began to do lawsuits mm-hmm. you know malcolm like i say malcolm x came out so those him, and, uh malcolm x george jackson malcolm x were two of the great influences on guys in prison they both represented you know discipline Uh, study. Transformation Mm. is the core. Uh, A lot of times we get knowledge, but we don't change. And, you know, uh, transformation is essential because it means change. Because we can't change nothing until we change ourselves. Because we're going to take our old, raggedy, ignorant selves into some kind of new future. You know, it just don't work like that. You know, we have to be the change that we want. You know, uh, and we are changed first before we can even change our situation. Because otherwise we wouldn't even fit in a, a newer arrangement we will find problems with that uh so black august it you know we also thought about the other days of resistance throughout the month of august marcus garvey uh birthday is in august uh uh, uh it, was, it was a number of dates we had created a calendar you know it was a number of uh, african countries got their independence from uh, european colonialism in august mm-hmm. uh i believe it Haitian uh, Revolution. I'm gonna say the Haitian Revolution, I believe that's August 1st. Uh if I recall correctly. Uh, I don't remember all the dates as, as uh as I used to, but August represented a lot, you know? Nat
0: Turner, Rebellion, yeah Nat,
3: yeah, Nat Turner. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We can keep just naming them all. Yeah, uh, yeah, so the many the raid uh on the RNA uh, uh residence 11. down in Jackson, Mississippi in 1971. You know what I'm saying? August 18th. Uh it was it's a number of radical things that kind of just come together to make black august just a power pack month a month to be inspired uh like you say uh one of the things that i was sit back uh a little tardy coming here but I, it's because i just got through cutting grass and then soon got cut grass i was breaking my fast and so i was eating and uh, i was and i got relaxed and then i got a phone call so
0: i, I did real quick can here. you speak speak about the fast the fast part of black august
3: uh, black august uh has uh some some features one of the features that you know uh is fasting uh, there is no strict rules that i'm aware of i've heard different things from different people that i respect uh you know whether it be sun up to sundown, you know uh just uh no food liquid on i've heard different things and then is other fasts, you know but you we refrain from uh drugs alcohol uh any, You know, you're supposed to engage in study, exercise. So, you know, uh, the key thing is, is to center us in the struggle,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
3: not, you know, uh, you know, in some kind of polite way, but it's like we're getting up for something that's serious because when uh, we really think about it, you know, we don't uh, end oppression, meaning we have to be proactive and ending it and not, you know, waiting on them to change it. We don't end oppression. Oppression will never end. Uh, it's there, we have not had a single day of peace. Since we've been here uh, collectively, there's always been tragedies. There will always be ambulances to chase and fire to put out. (laughs) Uh, The key thing is, what are we struggling for? Because we seem to always be reacting. And not not that we shouldn't, because we got to defend ourselves. We got to stand up for ourselves. We got to protect our quiet life and our human dignity. But ultimately, we have to be striving towards something. And we can do that whether there's an instance of police brutality, whether someone's getting evicted or not, whether you're working or not working. We should be working towards self-determination, control of our own destiny.
0: Can you speak about um, the study aspect? Because I know I've heard different books that we, you know, quote unquote, should be reading. But I consider you and Yusuf when I look to um, different books to read in general. But what are some books that people could be reading during Black August? or like, you know, uh, an, an amended maybe short, you know, reading list or a list, a reading list to look to. Well,
2: I'll just go back real quick. Um, in terms of celebrating or engaging Black August, it's really about what your what your mental, physical and spiritual capabilities are. And Everybody doesn't have the, the wherewithal to fast. Uh, so if you can do something, but it's about showing some level of sacrifice, but also some level of of improving yourself, and so getting to the study part—that—that that is the essential. Again, if you go back to the to the root of those inside, you know, for George epitomized that. So, in terms of literature, you know, what what we learn, um, all literature is not equal. I repeat, all literature is not equal. <laughs> um, all gonna, knowledge ain't knowledge, right? You <laughs> know, if you're gonna read a novel, I, I strongly recommend uh, a book called "The Genocide File." Uh, I strongly recommend spookle set by the dough. If you want to read a novel, but Richard, I, Wright. <laughs> Richard, Richard Wright. right Right. You know <laughs> some things that's really gonna. That's just gonna, the hives. Right. Some stuff that's gonna sharpen your mind. Some things gonna make you, you know, rethink and relook. Not, not continue to pacify you and 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 just just be the normal. Um, I mean, off the top of the head, you know, the, the autobiography of Studdah Shakur, Malcolm X, France uh, Francisana, Fran the destruction of a black civilization. Miss, the uh, miseducation of the Negro. I mean, one of my favorites, "The War Before" by Sophia Bakari.
1: Why is that one of your favorites?
2: Why is one of my favorites? Um,
1: In context of Black August.
2: Um, she's just a fierce writer. Like, like everybody. I mean, we all can write, right? But when, when I read her shit, it was like, who is Sophia? All right, okay, that's a better question. Sophia. Sophia was a member. Of the, of the new york black, new york chapter of the black panther party uh, ultimately she was also a member of the um black liberation army she became a political prisoner and while she was inside she did a lot of writing and so her writings um, uh, think shortly after she passed her daughters had um compiled them into a book but prior to that when i was inside you no, know, we would get books you know different programs will send you books so i wrote one program they sent me a pamphlet and this pamphlet was about um the black women their contribution and there was an essay in there by, by sophia which was challenging the essay that uh alice walker wrote about sexism in the black panther party and she wasn't disputing that it was a sexism in the black panther. she was she was disputing was the framework that alice walker was writing from and, and what the framework was as if. You no know, sexism started with the Black Panther Party. It started with the men of the Black Panther Party, and she brought a balance. She said, "Not nah, okay. Yeah, there was sexism, but also there was manipulation by uh, women with their femi- feminist ways and, and, and et cetera. But also, you know, the Black Panther Party was born in the context of oppression. So every element of our oppression that we took on. So again, as a as a writer, she just she she just critical um, and honest and transparent." And, and you know someone that's serious like you, know, you can write and you can talk but are you serious about what you what you' writing you know are you are you really you're not just trying to you know, get some followers and uh, that's why it's one of my top five books
0: yeah Oh, go ahead let us know right on,
3: right on, right
2: on. uh you gotta listen man. well
3: i'm uh at this time i've been i've been reading uh uh one of the books i'm reading i think anything that's revolutionary in context i think you know if people don't know it Uh, socialism or communism is find a book about it just you know read about it read some of the primary works i believe in uh going to the source and not reading an interpretation of the source well you read the interpretation of the source once you realize you don't understand the source all Mm -hmm. by yourself but for the most part go to a a primary sources uh just know for yourself you ain't got to agree with it you know what i'm saying whatever it is but get understanding because uh this country has done a whammy on us propaganda wise regarding uh a lot of political ideology and these recent raids that just happened, uh, uh, Department of Justice, uh, FBI, uh, they, they raided, you know, African people's socialist party, uh, uh, offices, or, you know, uh, the, the organizing spaces in St. Louis, Missouri, and in, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida and Atlanta, Georgia, uh, another group of uh, the Black Hammer party, which I'm less familiar with. I'm, I'm very familiar with African people's socialist party. They've been around 50 years. Uh literally have you know century, uh, so they don't need guidance from Russia to be revolutionaries, they've been revolutionaries long before now. Mm-hmm. And you know, um uh, clearly, you know, so uh, but we have to take a stand and a lot of our people understand like dealing with Russia or dealing with it's like a boogeyman, they they create these boogeymans, and we're afraid to deal with boogeymans. Get away, you don't stay away from them. You know, our parents do it to the, the kid down the block, that bad boy be, I don't want to see you out there playing with him. You're always in trouble. You're always in some mess, gonna get you in some mess. You know, I'm and you know, the government propagandizes, you know, the red scare, you know, uh, from the uh, 40s and the 50s, especially uh, when they was the McCarthy era, where they was, you know, uh, blacklisting people. Paul Robeson, hmm. uh, W. E. Du Bois are two prominent examples, you know, but we got a, a list of people. Uh, I was recently uh, re watching I'm Not Your Negro, James Baldwin. He had, a. I got his FBI files, Cointelpro. Pro. He's, he's just a, a writer, a novelist, but he got a voice, a very powerful voice. Uh, Lorraine Hansberry, a playwright with a voice, the, the author of, uh, you know, uh, Raisin,
0: Raisin and in the, the sun. sun. Yes. Yeah.
3: So, you know, uh, we had to be aware. So study something revolutionary. Study something uh, that's outside your comfort zone if you haven't read anything that's revolutionary. Because revolution only means change. They make it sound like terrorism. <laughs> you know revolutionaries I mean they want to you know kill no they won't change you know uh they don't dictate you know the, uh, the, uh the steps they may take to institute or you know bring forth that change but it's, it's about change all the same and you know that's what we say we want but you know we've right. been here over 400 years now
2: and just to add to the quasi point like some of the people he just he just mentioned we wouldn't necessarily think in a, in a radical term right or even a re- revolutionary but when you examine and you learn more about these individuals, and through their plays, through their novels, they're taking a position. I repeat, they're taking a position. They they they've decided on what side that they're going to be on. And and most of us are we're, we're too busy straddling the fence. And that's what uh, Black August gives us the opportunity to reconnect. What position that we're taking in this country.
0: So. How, so this is interesting. I love this conversation right now because this is the meat (laughs) of, um, I love, you know, I mean, all of us are in these different, um, I want to say like circles or, you know, social justice or blah, blah, blah. But I know for myself, um, some of the circles that I'm in, right, are, I'm going to say like regular folks, you know, and in my regular folks circles, um, there is, like you said, quasi this fear that has been put on people about being revolutionary or being radical or being, you know, um, or taking a stance. So how can a person um, get to that point? Right. To be able to I'm going to say like to have the courage to take a stance. Like like, the, for me, it's a difficult question because I was literally like born into uh, the movement per se right my family was always in it so for me it's just natural but I'm wondering like because both of y'all have spaces where y'all encounter um, you know just regular folks on the block and y'all are bringing regular folks on the block like into I won't say into the movement but you're definitely opening people up you know to 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 have that understanding so how can we how can we get people you know what I mean how can we bring people into this in, into this courage of being able to say, it's, you know, it's okay to take a stance? Well,
3: can I, can I uh, speak that? Uh, there is something everyone can do, you know, whether they on the, you know, protest line, you know, uh, or whatever, whatever. It's a role. I mean, it's a role for watching the kids, you know, making sure that they get, you know, uh, homework done and you know getting fed properly uh it's it's work for everyone the key thing i I tell people all the time that uh you don't necessarily have to be in the trenches to be in the trenches because your heart your heart and your support you know saying your uh the will to want something i tell i say you know i'm a citizen of a public new africa we seek land some people think that's impossible because we have this what george say you know we see them with awe but at the time, George was right, and Vietnam was kicking the United States' butt. They lost that war against what Malcolm was saying in the early '60s: rice farmers. You know, not to diminish. You know, I mean, but to help frame it, you know, they they were peasants and they fought a valiant and victorious war against a super a superpower that you know what I'm saying expended you know so many lives on that battlefield, only to have to you know throw their tail between legs around. But we still fear. And we forget that how many of us represent, even in the armed forces, they may align with us if we get our act together, get on the same page. You know, so we have, you know, it's a lot. But the thing is, uh, you got to want it. You can't get what you don't want. If you want liberation, you want reference, you got to desire it. Some people avoid it because of the disappointment of not getting it. You know, it ain't always that we ain't going to, you know, it's just, I'm not going to get it. So why even bother myself? I stress myself about something that ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. We say it all the time, call me when it's time to get busy then, you know, but you don't want to study, you want to build, you want to organize, you want, you know, you want to, so, you know, uh, the thing is people come around, the thing is we have to create spaces where they feel welcome, where they feel uh, respected and, you know, uh, people should be doing the work that's comfortable to them and not just, you know, you got assignments, some military top-down hierarchical kind of thing, because this is a human struggle. And part of our struggle ultimately should be about restoring our full humanity because that's what we've been robbed of. That's ultimately what reparations is about. But they, they we talk about repair. That's the core of reparations. So what is the repair? He's talking about for a uh, harm inflicted, you know? So we only we can heal ourselves. Now they can compensate us, but they can't truly repair us. There's nothing that they can get, uh, repair. They can give us compensation, you know, but you can't put a number on the mental illness. That has inflicted millions of our people over uh, uh over uh four centuries.
1: You can't dollars don't even count. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I always used to give the metaphor of if someone poisons you and you know who poisoned you, your first step can't be to go after the person that poisons you. The first step is to get the poison out of your system. It's deep. You can't, it is it is scientifically impossible. So when you talk about black August being centered around self just like the five elements just like everything else we believe in in african liberation pan-africanism even in the religions that black people seem to be comfortable with the power of self is everything it has to start there you know so that's my only response
2: yeah man connecting the self though because what happens is it's such a tricky word right be- because of the society that we live with, mm-hmm. we're up under true and the emphasis is on man you gotta get the bag you gotta, you know just, just whatever but it's the self is about us us true. connecting like me get myself to get yourself together and then we connect together that's the that that's the ultimate self right and then within there going back to the conversation around courage the other side of it is we all got courage however is the courage being directed correctly I, uh, you know, guy going going to the corner and and, and die over a, di- a dice game, but won't right. die, but won't die over, you know, the police trying to, to kill his family. You know, we won't die over the police coming to turn off his water because he doesn't he or she hasn't been orientated to be able to see that as the enemy or saying that we coming out of the streets. You know, we got the thing on us. He pull up on me. I'm ready to kill him. Pull, soon the police pull up on him. I'm throwing my thing and running which is the most backward action thing ever right but this is how we've been trained and conditioned but also we cannot underestimate too you know seeing the killing of our of our people our leaders and and what the trauma that has has on and that's where again where black august is, is about centering ourselves and also in our generation we haven't seen that level of struggle not saying that we can't, it's incapable and impossible. I remember like I was uh had to, when I had the chance to go to the movement for black lives conference a couple years ago and sitting there and you know, kicking with some Elder Panthers and whatnot, and they was uh saying some brothers and sisters got incarcerated in the in the um in the precinct and they went in there to break them out. I mean, they literally went and somehow they left some tools, they didn't have everything they needed to get, and they had to leave their comrades. And again, when we talk about Astada, we talk about Astada, but we don't talk about they went and broke Astada out and su- sophisticatedly did it in a way no one got hurt on either side. Mm-hmm. Like that took some brains. That took, like that shit is a movie. It is. <laughs> but however, that's the level of, comm- you talking about, again, courage is born out of commitment. Courage is born out of what, what type of ideology that's governing you, not not this reckless egomaniac shit and you just rah, 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 rah. Um, but also, Kurt, um, like, and I just ended on this. I remember watching a documentary about Che um, Guevara. And when Shay meets a young dude in the in the woods, he's like, man, you know, I'm ready. You know, where the gun at? And he was like, "No, oh, hit a book. <laughs> 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 no, that's your gun.
0: <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. And also, too, I love this conversation because I always talk about <laughs> in Brazil, you know, because I had the opportunity to live um for a month in Brazil with the quilombo right like in the okay. in the right. in the amazon right in the village with them um you know uh, for people listening who don't know quilombo black indigenous tribe uh fought off um the portuguese in the 1700s and one and they have been protecting the amazon ever since and currently uh they have you know, been being the, uh, a, a genocide that's been happening to them, where their leadership has been murdering black folks and, and black indigenous folk and black indigenous women because they're protecting the Amazon, and um, and that's part of the reason we went was to stand with them and also to learn from them, right? It's like it's called a learning journey, and one of the most powerful things that I learned through observation and 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 being with them. You know, because they, it's their land, right? So they live off the land, like literally, right? When you mentioned, when you talked about how the villagers or the peasants fought off the U.S. military, right? They have been actively fighting off their military because their military wants to build a missile base right there in the middle of the Amazon, right? And literally they've been using i'm gonna call it their magic right so music prayers their stuff you know what i mean and i'm gonna say they're winning right like they're winning they're still there they're still there and also too that mindset piece right about like who we are one of the things that they do culturally as they consistently do political education and political education in the form of literally having a chalkboard like in the village and just like teaching these principles around um sovereignty you know uh self determination uh i'm going to say socialism right um but but socialism sounds so like disconnected from like what socialism is but let's just say principles around you know life affirming ways of living right communalism yeah and so they're they're teaching this consistently 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 to the point where what i experienced was pretty much everyone in these villages everyone in everyone around you pretty much shares the same philosophies and ideologies and culture to where when we're going out and doing these protests, it's a hundred thousand people. I was there paranoid thinking like, you know, some, like, you know, I'm thinking like, well, I got to watch my front side and my back. You know what I'm saying? And they're they're asking me like, why are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm thinking like, okay, cause I got to watch out for somebody to come up on me. And they're like, why? And it was like my Americanism, Right. Like being from the hood is like in, in the hood, you do have to watch out. Right. You know, you got to watch all sides. But there they were asking me questions like, why would your neighbor try to hurt you? Like they couldn't they, that mm. that concept of like your neighbor, of like your your comp, your person, your family, your, your somebody you live next to. Why would they want to hurt you? And, and I think to me, like I really want to get to the root of some of those questions like dealing in black spaces, because, you know, increasingly it feels like a lot of, at least in the spaces I'm in, it feels like the conversations are around, I want to say like a utopian sort of way of having these conversations. And I feel like, like for me, that's not useful, like for where I live, like that sort of, for me personally, that's not useful for me, the utopianism. Like I, I definitely want to get to the solutionaries So, and y'all are doing a lot of that. There. We wait, evolve. wait. Say that.
3: Yes, we evolved to that to that space. You know, we grow together, and they've been growing for several centuries. That you know, that maroon
0: community. You know, yes. But yeah, I want you. To, I want you to y'all to speak about that because y'all are I, I, the reason I'm making the connection. Because y'all are doing that work specifically. I see y'all doing that work specifically.
2: I appreciate the compliment. I think to the, the put it in, put it in in our terms and and where we at. So i remember quasi you know, telling me years ago like man you, you you like my conscience." uh it was a period where he was at in his life because ultimately we we, ha- we we coexist in america okay, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know our, our our daily lives are tied to a paycheck our daily lives are again with the the system and what whatnot right and then you have the idea that there's a contradiction um, and him yeah, like you no know, for me me getting deeper into the non-profit industrial complex right his position man that's the, that's the welfare system who, who like you know keeping me sharp you know being my conscience with within that but that's a that's a community that, that him and I share that's the 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 commonality of 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 around a shared ideology around a belief that we have that that community that you're talking about they're functioning in a liberated community. Like they're at the highest level of a liberated zone where these, these terms that we talk about, but in terms of practice, we have not got there yet. And because we, we we're so inconsistent based upon of the, of the society that we live in and the environment we live, it sometimes is very illusional. Like we, we get in a protest and we, we may you know, push the police back. Oh, you know, that's a victory, but that, it was that the right victory or was that a sustainable victory, right? We're not coming back to the table and reevaluating, reexamining. And we take those things. But also I think the one of the struggles that we struggle with the most is like the social justice space is not a black liberation space. I repeat, a social justice space is not a black liberation space.
3: Reform and liberation, two different things.
2: And we're confusing those things. And and, and a lot of us, some of our um, best and brightest are contributing that and I'm one of them because I work in I work in that space so we like again, political education we, we now we're saying in, in social justice and nonprofits we need political education we're saying um we're fighting for self-determination and we're watering down that to get to that ultimatemath space because we have not rooted ourselves in our neighborhoods and our communities to have the conversation like how we're going to fund that type of work that's not tied to a foundation
0: exactly. These are the these these are the precise conversations I feel, at least of me when I'm in spaces. these are the conversations that I feel that I personally push and get pushed back from. but I feel, I feel that you. these are the spaces that I want to lean more into just because you know, selfishly my consciousness is sovereignty and black liberation and and, and I see uh, using the system to get the things we need, but I don't see that dictating you know, my, my values are who I am or being, you know, uh, or, or, or or that, or being led by, you know what I mean? Like those visions. And so I, I appreciate the work. I do see the work that y'all are doing though, rooted in sovereignty and black liberation. And also I see y'all being a part of the transformation of your community and rooted in your community uh, through transformation. And that's the part that I see when we talk about our ancestors' prayers. I see y'all living our ancestors' prayers, like, you know, quasi what you're doing on the East side, you know, um, Yusuf, what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? In, um, zone eight, um, I do want to get now into, um, making that connection with the work that you're, you know, that you're doing currently now, you know what I'm saying? With the shed and how that's how, how you are transforming. You know what I mean? Um, our, our city, honestly. Uh, for me, uh,
3: self-determination is a lifestyle. Uh, I mean, literally uh, uh, outside funding, liberation cannot be funded and it be considered self-determination. You know, so self, self is the beginning. You know, when we talk about self love, You have to love yourself, you know, self-respect, you know, you have to do it for you, you know, towards yourself. I mean, but we, we, we look outside of ourselves for so much, you know, we vote, we, uh, for candidates, they're going on, we expect them to do the work. We don't hold them accountable. Therefore they do whatever they want or don't want to do You know, and then when something go wrong and we complain, they tell us what they can't do to fix it. Uh, because we don't do anything. You become, you know, uh, you know, you know, lazy in some regards, but it's up to us to shape we had to work our destiny. We all have it and you know one thing I can say about Detroit we to, Detroit and we don't talk about this much, but Detroit is a very self-determined city in terms of you know, it's a hustler culture. I mean it's I mean it's black businesses everywhere of every shape, size and variety. Yeah. People got jobs and got side hustles, serious side hustles, not you know cupcakes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's serious, you know, I mean,
0: but we do it as individuals. You know, everybody that's trying a to key. Get that's a key distinction. You can know, you speak to can you dig into that a little more?
3: It's capitalism at its, at its purest. We take everything that we've learned that this society has propagandized towards us and we excel in it beyond those who, who, who brought the lessons. We're more individualistic. It's about me. When I get my when I get on, I take care of everybody you know, and then you ain't never fully on, you know, even when you up, you ain't all the way up. I'm still trying to get up, 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 you know what I'm saying? And it's like, but we, we never, you know, we have people with a lot of wealth. We don't make do-rags, but we only ones that use them. consumers, you know what I'm saying? Don't nobody use wave brushes, but the people that get waves, but we don't make them, you know, I mean, we got a lot of work to do and, you know, uh, we can do this work, but we have to do it now. We don't do it after liberation because then we'd be scrambling, like, how to do it? Mm-hmm. We do it now. We need manufacturing. You know, we need, you know, more than just retail and, you know, uh, restaurants and, you know, car washes and beauty salons. You know, all those are, are, are essential, you know what I'm saying, to our uh, day-to-day life. And right now it's working, but it ain't going to carry us into liberation. And, you know, uh, we have a lot of uh brilliant people, but we're not we're not working together. We're not on the same page. Uh We think because some, you know, this class struggle, we're not, you know, uh, dealing with the class. I mean, some people are doing well here and don't want to rock the boat, don't want to change anything.
0: That's that courage piece that I'm that I was kind of digging into. But it is not just the wealthy. I mean, it's even the the, the uh what do I want to say? I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a like a. Liberal mindset, if you will, neo neo colonial mindset.
2: But it's it's deeper than courage, though. It it goes back to the ideology, and the comfort, the Because comfort, again, if a person may be thinking this way, but like Quasi just point out, it's easy to get get trapped. It's easy, like for myself. You know, coming home, oh man, I just love your story. You're so great. You're you're better than the rest of the Negroes. You know, like you're you know, they, they just they just sucking your toes, they are blowing in <laughs> your ears, they just man, they're telling you everything that you want to hear. And and if you're not grounded, you believe that. know something like you know know social media it's a it's addictive oh man did i get any likes today they i I mean shares i got you know you you're looking for the that's that's part of this culture that we have to distract ourselves from because why it keeps us distracted i mean yeah you know i mean every every other day we're arguing with each other over some that that doesn't have like now the new argument is beyonce and 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 Kells, Kells, whatever the singer <laughs> name, right? Khalise. Khalise, Khalise, thank you for that. Um, and tomorrow's gonna be it's gonna be another thing, but quasi great great point. And then to, to help understand, like you said, the maroon society, we can build a maroon society here in Detroit, but we are we have not connected the dots. We we have we have the puzzle pieces, but they're separated. And until we have the, the truth, like the shared if the shed survive and, and mama cool house closes. And, and Detroit a different clothes and, and Mama Shoe clothes, we lost. Like we need each each we need each of those yes. institutions and other folks. But the problem is, are we willing to lose, are we willing to leave our egos at the door? Are we are we willing to 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 bring our rice our peas? Are we willing to have the value conversation and and define what role that everybody's going to play?
0: Mm-hmm. You want to jump
2: in on that, Kwasi?
0: Yes. Yes,
2: please.
3: <clears throat> uh. One of the one of the things about the shed is I'm very intentional about the things that I offer. Uh, I create the art. I create the apparel. Uh, it's not the most popular place in Detroit, though. People, when they come, they like it. Uh, and I say it's not the most popular place, but I don't. I don't. I don't have the popular things. I, I do, everything that I do, I try to represent. You know, uh, I say uh, Black History 365, but it's Black August 365. It's Quandra 365. It's liberation uh 365 because ultimately everything that I'm I'm pushing is liberation oriented it's not profit oriented you know uh I'm very intentional to introduce people that people may not know you know books personalities historical uh figures and it's intentional because I want people to know them and if I don't introduce them I don't know where they'll learn them on their own because people not talking about for instance Harry Haywood Nobody talk about Claudia Jones. Ask them who Cyril Briggs is, and they're clueless. Ask them if they ever heard of uh uh uh, uh, uh League of Rights for Negro Liberation, a prominent land-based seeking organization in the 40s, and guess who was the chair? Cool. poet laureate Lansing Hughes. Oh, wow. I mean, but we don't know this. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know that. So it's a it's a great segment or, or portion of our history to get whitewashed, to get washed to the side. I'm going to use a brief example that I like to point out to uh, people when we talking about books over at the shed is I have a book called The Rebellious Life of Rosa Parks by this uh, European woman named uh, uh, Joanne Theo Harris. Brilliant book. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. I learned things about Rosa Parks I ain't never learned nowhere else. You know, uh, she almost talked about the stuff that they left out almost, it seems like. Uh, for instance, one of the examples that most impressed me was, uh, in when Mario Bedelli was in, uh, in jail after they raided the house during black August 18th, 1971, when uh, the federal FBI rolled a tank off on the residents when they was trying to establish a base in Mississippi, you know, land that they were buying and trying to build up to, you know, towards uh, nation development. Uh, they, they raided them, uh, full force, had a shootout, uh, when He was in jail in the uh, Mississippi prison, now early 70s was just like in the early 1870s. You know, Mississippi, mm-hmm. it's, it's still like that. It was in the night. you know, now it's Mississippi is, is terrible in that regard. Uh, Rosa Parks from Detroit because she knew Amari from Detroit, you know, he was here. Uh, they probably knew I was found in Detroit before they moved there. Uh, she called, she knew him. She was fond of him. Rosa was fond of a lot of militants in the struggle that the civil, most civil rights folks frowned upon. The Black Panthers, the H-Rap Browns, you know, Jamil Alamea, so on and so forth. She admired them, and she supported them whenever she could in her own quiet, you know, a low-key kind of peaceful way. You know, she wasn't a noisemaker, but she supported all of them. Uh, she called to prison every day to make sure that they don't kill them. This is Rosa Parks calling, checking on Richard uh, Henry. Wow. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. How are, all right, in contrast, let's flip the story over a little bit just to show how class and uh struggle orientation can influence how you put information out there. It's a brother from Detroit named uh Herb Boyd been in that struggle. He was in the struggle. I read some of his writings uh since the late 60s, early 70s. I got some of his stuff at home from old magazines I've collected. He recently wrote a book maybe four or five years ago called uh Black Detroit A People's History and Self Determination. He mentioned Milton Henry in the book probably twice in a context totally unrelated. You didn't hear the Republic public New York probably in there at all. But there's a book about Detroit where we are talking about two uh, premier uh, figures in the Detroit scene throughout the 60s and the 70s. Milton Henry was a close com- uh, conf- uh, confidant and confederate of Malcolm X. He traveled to Africa with Malcolm X, a Yale trained attorney who was, you know what I'm saying, uh one of the co-founders of the public new africa uh they were elders of the movement they they were part of the you know freedom now party in the early 60s you know uh they were you know how do you leave them out they were affiliated with everybody how do you leave them out of a book on people called a people's history of self-determination because that part of the story they rather you not know about so you can focus on what they want you to know about they want you to know about marches and petitions and electoral politics and the intrigues and the campaigns. But we don't talk about the struggle or the pursuit of self-determination on our own terms, on at our own time, with our own resources. You know, we don't talk about that because they don't want us. You know, some people doing good. They got a job with America. America taking care of some folks. And those are the folks that make colonialism neo because those are the ones that keep us all locked in and they could get a persuasive argument about why voting is, you know, you should vote or die.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, and so for me, right. I think, um, everything that you're talking about, those are the parts that, um, you know, when you live in the hood, you know, it's, it's, um, you can see why people don't participate, right. In certain parts of, Things that, that, you know, when when people are going around saying like, oh, well, you should do this or do that. You can see why people don't participate because it doesn't serve them. Right. It doesn't it doesn't benefit them. They have not benefited at all. We've seen how people have definitely in my neighborhood, you know, uh, we were not represented because we had a person who was seated who um, didn't do anything for, you know, a couple decades because, They come from a legacy, but also, too, because we had emergency management and all those things. Right. At the same time, though, you could see where um, I want to say like the infrastructure of the neighborhood. I'm going to say the elders. Right. Or the people who, you know, stayed and, you know, uh, dealt the hand that they were given. Right. And protected their homes and did what they had to do. These are the people who, um, you know, when we when we're. I'm going to say when I, I'm just speak for self, knocking doors and really trying to get people to be invested. You know, these aren't rich people. These are people who are like, look, I'm just trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to hold on. How do we, how do we, uh, you know, just bring, how are we going to bring more people in? How can we use this opportunity to bring, you know, more people in? Because I get that that. And they're not a part of that other class, if you understand what I'm saying.
2: So I have a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. You said, the hood what is it what is the hood
0: the hood to me is culturally where people for me is where people share share i would say a certain uh economic status for sure or similar economic status for sure um people who i'm gonna say when i say live similar experiences uh meaning like that you know maybe there's a certain place where they frequent you know what i mean that you could that that's within close proximity that uh that all that serves you know that serves your community you know maybe it's um uh, you know a certain uh neighborhood you know store maybe it's a certain neighborhood place where people go to maybe it's um you know uh listening to listening for me because of my culture you know listening to certain types of music or you know living in a certain type of um a certain type of environment, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Living in a certain type of environment, just trying to keep it like, you know what I'm saying, succinct without using a whole bunch of social justice. I, words I mean, now that question has me thinking <laughs> about like what the hood
1: is, and then the first thing that popped in my head is the whole word neighborhood, right? So for us, I think it has it's like a it means like several different things in one word. It's the hood, like pull up at the hood, right? Like pull up in the hood. That means in certain contexts depending on who you are in any urban community or any community full of black people is the area where we from like pull up pull up pull to the hood real quick or it's the hood for some people so that they can paint the picture of it's a decrepit place where a lot of black people so happen to live and then it could possibly mean you know what i'm saying again just a simple meaning of it's the hood like where i'm from like i've always looked at the hood to me and it just depends on the Mm -hmm. context is being used you know what i'm saying
3: well actually uh this ties in really good for uh, piper's question how do you bring people in uh i'm
4: gonna
3: give it to him but but i gave it to him (laughs) Listen, we, we use this, we have a slogan: restoring the neighbor back to the hood. Neighborhood is a healthy space, you know the way we idealize it. Uh, when you take the neighbors out, you have <laughs> nothing left but the hood. And what you have is communities where people live again, like individuals. We wave and we say hi. One of my campaigns this year, you know, and this builds on some of the earlier questions you asked, was to uh, really deepen my root or connections with neighbors. This is this my charge for this, this year was to deepen those relationships. And I've been constantly building, you know, one-on-ones with a lot of different folks, you know, in that regard. Because, you know, in order to create a true liberated zone, you need a space where people are on the same page. So I'm really beginning to uh, create that, 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 kind of build momentum towards that. We get them in is, for one, we had to, like, similar to what Detroit was, uh, Detroit is different than Bridge Detroit was doing throughout the summer is doing those, going around the community and doing those neighborhood town hall meetings was about, you know, getting the pulse of the people, find out what the people want. And once you find out what the people want, you can organize around those interests. Now, sometimes people want things that's not practical or necessarily is a priority to the most of the people. And we we, we, we figure out how to, how to deal with that through education, you know, or help people understand that. You know, one thing may be more important than another. So though that may be critical right now, we only had a resource to handle this. So, but we all have to get on the same page about whatever the issues is. We bring people in by being there for them, We by being, you know, brothers to sisters and brothers to brothers, you know, being our brothers and sisters keepers, so to speak. But ultimately, in a, in a nutshell, was restoring the neighbor back to the hood. Being neighbors, we can't live next to each other uh, and not know each other in a, in a real meaningful way. That's what New African Family Day is about. You know, from the movement perspective, it's about bringing people together as a family and not just the activist members. You know, let's all get to know one another. Let's let's deepen our bonds yeah. within the struggle, but in, in a festive environment. Not necessarily we gotta go to no political conference and everybody, you know, talking politics. But you know, let's let's get together, break bread, have some laughs, fun, reminisce. If somebody wanna build on the side, that's cool too. But that's a choice and ain't mandatory. You know what I'm saying? The thing is bring your kids bring your your grandmother your auntie your, you know it's a, it's a multi-generational enterprise but and people want that people want that you know what I'm I saying? think more
1: than what we really realize yes mm-hmm.
3: children do too because mm-hmm. children listen to adults that approach them and treat them with respect and not just yelling and fussing but try to communicate to them because now they listening like oh okay never heard it this way before you know uh but you know that didn't stop the kids tearing
2: up the volleyball net at the park cross street. You know I went over there several times. Yeah. But the, I mean, the the question I think this is a, another topic in itself: the hood versus the neighborhood, and everything you guys said is, is not right right or wrong. It's a, it's based upon the an experience, and the the significant thing about that experience: the hood word to Brittany's point is it became a code thing for black, right? And then to to Piper's it's, it, it is a cultural experience. However, what we're missing. The economic oppression, the political oppression, which which shifts, the, like when we when most people you say come to the uh, meet me at Detroit, different. Oh shit, that, that's a scary block. <laughs> Am I car gonna be safe? And also, all those are legit concerns, right? But it's a reason it's like that, and and what, but what happens when we say the hood? We're not changing that. We've accepted that. You know, it's kind of like a, the anti-blackness like it's so it's so um fixated in our mind it's always going to be that we talked and this is part of what you're saying like trying to reach the everyday people that's we had to penetrate and break that type of mentality to re, re it to get it that's what quasis saying this we, ain't, we we ain't trying to get the so-called like-minded people we're trying to get with like value people to build them up into every because any successful movement it was about the it was about the everyday people. Once we got the everyday people, the movement blew blew up. Organizations blew up. You know, Fred Hampton was an everyday person. Going again, bringing back full circle. George Jackson was an everyday person. It was just his reading, his studying, Angela Davis, et cetera, that put them in a position at the end. Yeah,
0: I like I like that. Um, I like that you're that you're giving us this context. So, how do we um, make it interesting and fun? You know, I guess like this, like, so for instance, I know when I knock doors, right. And we're talking stuff, you know, I gonna say like defund stuff or whatever. If I, let's say I knock on grandma's door, you know, what grandma is saying But like, there's this woman across the street. She's like, Oh yeah, nah, we need the police, which is interesting because the brother that's down the street that I'm talking to that probably shouldn't, you know, let's say like he's a, a neighborhood, um, what would you say, a business person, right? Uh, uh, You know, he's like, oh yeah, we need the police. And so that, how do we make that, how do we make that political education more accessible? I want to add to that because
1: I want y'all to answer her exact question, but it brings me back to the point of the conversation when we talk about her experiences in Chile and Brazil and them having this experience and where they're at in their process of collectivism. Like when you talk about needing the police or defund the police and we don't need the police, where are we truly in that process in our neighborhoods? Like to say we do or don't need this structure when we know what is happening in these neighborhoods in certain places. Like where are we at as a collective to say what we need to be doing when it comes to self-determination and governing ourselves? I don't want you. I want you to still answer her question, but that is what comes to my mind as well too when she talks about, you know. No, that's no, that's that's, that's a very that's similar valid.
0: question. Is a yeah, okay. it's a similar and question. it's
1: and it's very valid because I mean
3: people have legitimate concerns. You know, I mean, I mean oppression is real and the uh, dynamics and the the, uh, the side effects of it, which is, you know the, the the harm that we do one another is real. The key thing is. Uh, I think the defunding police is more about uh, taking some of their budget. They have mm-hmm. exorbitant military-level budgets, uh, you know, three and four hundred million dollars, and they're not resolving anything. Correct. So, what could this money be channeled towards that that might actually shift some kind of, you know, uh, the social environment in a way that's more healthier? You know, where could this money be better expended than to employ? a force over the people because they're not servants of the people they're not kindly people at all most the ma- vast majority of Detroit police fans don't live in Detroit you know somehow I mean these big hawking ex-marine hillbillies, you know they are frightening and yes a, a mug gonna stick his chest out when they pull up because he gonna he not gonna show his fear but he know this guy don't mean me no good and this this hostile relationship it has to you know i forget all this training stuff these people they don't live here they have no vested interest it's like having recreation you know vietnam on the weekends or something iraq on the weekends you know uh they have recreation then they go home to wherever they live and uh but they have recreation on us and uh that's not cool and we have to figure that part out but we do have to resolve crime but we have to create an environment a community that people feel that damn this is relevant this is though I tell the young people all the time, you ain't wrapping your hood to your hood, the most envied hood, the hood that everybody want to belong to. That's so true. You but know, the, you don't destroy your you don't destroy a hood that you rep. It's just you that. make that
1: the hood that everybody wanna be. Y'all compete for the best hood That's like where we talk about like what we can do, like I just appreciation for like I just look at tiny things like after we have a celebration or a block party, and then morning after, you know, how much trash is out there. That's little stuff we could do. Right. OK, here's a segment of people that's after we had a black party, we're going to clean the block up the little tiny steps of showing that we value where we live. Then you can value the people that live where you live. We don't even value where we live.
2: Right. And that's that's the importance of asking the question the hood, because we don't we don't see the traps within that dynamic. And and also, it doesn't allow us to value ourselves, our best selves. It allows us to value that's true. The, the worst of ourselves, and not everybody in the hood is bad, Mm-mm. right? In the hood itself is not bad. It, it, it is it is it's just a volatile situation, and the volatile situation is the fact that people are living or surviving. That's so true. so dude around the corner, we know ain't no police coming here. He, he trying to get whatever, however pants down, talking crazy. Mama ain't gonna say nothing to him, you know, grandma because they fearful, right? This who gonna say something to him? And we say something to him. Now we in a in the position, deal, but we got to put put ourselves out there. This this is the concrete reality that we're dealing That's
1: with. That's real right there. Yes.
2: <laughs> and, and 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 it's and, but it's it has evolved and morphed to this over the years. I mean, like like my little homeboys, like they would shoot dice in from my mom's house. I pull up on like the, I'm the po- I jump out. What you doing? Y'all can't do it here. I mean, one of, one of the guys, he younger, he didn't know me, but I knew his people. And he's like, man. It's a free country. We can do whatever we want. I'm like, yeah, it is a free country. And if it's so for free, why you ain't doing it at your house? Oh, but you know, man, I was just ready to do it. No, you're not ready to do it. But it, it, it brings you into that confrontation. And so now I have to be, I'm ready to do what I have to do, but also being mindful that it's, you're not my enemy. It's the circumstances mm-hmm. that that's our enemy, but there's so some individuals who are so far gone and, and it's and it's so far gone because of the dynamics of the neighborhood. But, it, but until we able to bring folks together and this is, this is, we're so divided. I mean, I'm just gonna be frankly honest. If motherfuckers ain't doing neighborhood work, you ain't doing shit. If you ain't doing food, sorry, work, you ain't doing shit. If you ain't doing work on education, you ain't doing shit. If you ain't doing fighting for water, you ain't, doing. this is, this is Detroit. Now this is the, the present day. That's fractured work. That's fractured mentality and who's suffering. Our people are suffering.
3: Right. All of it is relevant. And you know, those it, it, in those it, fields it, are the people working work in those areas because they, they're good but, at what they do and they're passionate about their work.
2: But the problem is we're not create, we haven't created an umbrella in connecting all that right. to function and then also making them
3: liberatory. It's th-
1: but it's, <laughs> it's through hearing y'all talk, it is the simple stuff like that. It's it's not simplistic simplistic but it is simplistic. Like It's not the, yes, you have to read. Yes, you need books. Yes, you need education. But it's the interaction, the human interaction that we're missing. And oh my God, it's like, I don't know.
0: Well, I know something that I really appreciate, right? And maybe it's like neighborhood envy. (laughs) But something I really appreciate is when I look at different, you know, um, things that are going on in in other people's spaces. Right. Mm. And, um, I love to, you know, support what other people have going on because, um, you know, I just love when people are, you know, doing things and having had a space and having had my space, you know, gentrified and having been raided by cops and, you know, been, you know, that whole thing, you know, when I see people, you know, investing in their space, like it it makes me want to dig in and be like, oh yeah, let's help you, you know, keep this thing going. How, Because, you know, when we talk to our people, you know, the first thing they say is, ain't nobody doing nothing. Like you said, uh, (laughs) you know, people want to make these like big, sweepy, you know, ain't nobody doing nothing. Ain't nobody out here doing nothing. But there's actually like a lot of people to your point doing a lot of things. So I wanted you to also share a bit more about what you're doing, you know, like at the shed, you know,
3: Uh, the shed for the most part is a commercial enterprise, but it's also a, a community space. Uh, as a community space, is you know, it's just a space, a safe space. Uh, what I fancy a liberator zone, they still collect taxes, but you know, I fancy the liberator zone where we create the rules and we try to create the space or the climate that uh we would have or desire in an independent country. Mm. And we like to function, you know, with just new values. And you know, I get to say what we, we can say in this space, you know what I'm saying? We don't, you know, certain things I try, you know, uh, but ultimately it's a community space the one to be accessible is cross park you know people use the park you know the park is just very useful however sometimes uh they know that the park you know anybody can come to the park and then the parking you know shift gears in, in a moment's notice and so you know people sometimes just won't but I also do it because I want people exposed I create the art and murals and I got more that I'll be uh 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 setting up before new african family day but i won't you know expose people to aspects of our history and culture and people and personalities that they're not necessarily familiar with That may be influential or impactful to them you know messages you know uh, similar to some of the art is about uh, uh the african origins of reading writing and arithmetic mm. you know uh i got one piece i am be setting up about uh the history of temple the city of timbuktu a city of learning where people travel around the world to africa to learn you know, thing you know, like students should excel in math. them should be, you know, majority African people, you know, because it's in our DNA, we've been doing it the longest, but, you know, our history was disrupted through colonialism and neocolonialism, you know what I'm saying, through the barbaric, you know, uh, you know, invasions of Europe, so uh, our history was disrupted, and we're trying to get it back on track, we have a lot of brilliance among us, they never stumped us all the way out, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> they never was able to do that, you know what I'm saying, but, they did inflict some harms upon us, and you know it's only on us to uh, repair those harms, as we said earlier, and uh you know realign ourselves to you know our greater destiny. Because ultimately, you know we, you know all these diseases that we've acquired since we've been here: diabetes, heart disease, breast cancer, uh fibroids. I was just I just learned and shared some earlier about. I just learned about you know perms affecting. Wow. You know, uh, is you know, leading to stuff like fibroids, which, which black women are predominantly mm-hmm. afflicted by, and it, it's, it's you know, and it's the chemicals that open it. It's you know, all that mess. It's just, but we need to do more learning that we can be more uh, healthy and projecting ourselves forward. You
1: know, uh, and, and I just don't want it to be lost on the fact that we are sitting here, like Piper said, with academics and true scholars but the creative side of both of your spaces, right? When we talk about the shed and the aesthetic of the shed and the aesthetic of the Mama Akua house, the first time that I experienced both, I was not flabbergasted on the intention of the aesthetic, but just naturally the aesthetic itself. Can you talk about your aesthetic before he starts talking about the Mama Akua house and what the intention was and just your creative side and how you, Uh, even just the name of the shed? Oh man, that's, that's, that's a story um uh, <laughs> let
3: me say uh the shed open it was it was it was just an experiment i didn't know what it was gonna be actually to be honest I, I, and i tell everybody this and i'm gonna do a chronology with pictures that show the evolution of it it's been there since 2013 uh being there dan gilbert was the inspiration imagine that <laughs> uh he had some sheds downtown for about four or five sheds like around 2012 2011 somewhere around it maybe 2013 even uh but I saw them, they were just wood boxes and you had, it was over between 11 a.m., and 3 p.m. during lunchtime downtown. They had Ben and Jerry's when they was downtown. They had, they was in one, Slows Barbecue was in one. You had a couple other food vendors. And I was like, I just looked at them like, because I'm a, I'm a very observant person. I pay attention to details. And I was looking at, I was like, these ain't no but boxes, wood. Why wood boxes? They were really simple sheds and they had a water truck that piped in water to meet hygiene code. They had generators and little, you know, the powered electricators and little hot stoves, whatever it was that they use in the individual shed. I said, The hook, I have you use some of these. And I just happened to have a garage sit between two lots that was just sitting there waiting on weights. I said, I was gonna put in there for years and never did. I was gonna make a weight pit like in the penitentiary outside a weight pit. <laughs> and I never did. And the garage was constantly leaning and I just. Pulled it together, resurrected it, and uh turned it into a uh say, a store because they had a park. At first I, I had kids in the neighborhood selling candy and things like that. Then it took up too much time. I had to let that go. <laughs> but they took the money to the to the corner store and blew it on stuff that they weren't selling. Uh oh. yeah, and they, I mean I tried, you know. Uh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had time to be babysitting them. I had real bills to pay. <laughs> I, I couldn't be sitting all day while they selling penny candy. <laughs> but you know but i didn't know what it was going to become and it constantly evolved uh i was just getting into screen printing so uh started doing so i just wanted the, the, the space to be of service i thought i was going to be servicing selling ice and charcoal to the people at the park you know because there used to be a lot of people at the park it's so like, i'm like you know they, everybody always forget their lighter fluid i should start stock some lighter fluid you know uh, all that kind of thing so that's where i was thinking when i first started in 2013 and selling shirts and then I evolved and I was thinking about the young men and this whole notion of misunderstood notion of hustler and they you know everybody a hustler but they sitting around ain't doing nothing and I thought that was a contradiction in terms cuz hustling is a very active term yes it is it's not it's not it's not a path. it's very active so if you sitting down you're not hustling you you got to be moving you got to be about it you know that's what they call it, the hustle bustle or whatever you 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 about it you know plot plan strategize is not a hustle you're looking for a lick that's not a hustle you know crack so you know that some of that come from the 80s when people was look watch all these documentaries drug kingpins and so on and so forth and they're like man I want to be like that but the drugs sold themselves it didn't require great genius you know not on a large scale maybe the organization level you know but for the most part drug a vending machine could have sold much dr- drugs as a bmf and ricky ross freeway rick combined because the drug was that uh demanding you know it was that
1: addictive i never thought of it from that perspective so it
3: didn't require and everyone had that job everybody used in high school you can just get a sack and it sold itself you did not have no experience you was a square most of people in the hood was a square until crack came and they started selling dope you know a lot of guys are selling, you know, they doing comp uh installing your ATT cable and so like, a lot of Some of my older people were selling crack and had, A lot of people in Detroit sold crack, you know, at one point because it was so easy to do. You was able to get in and, and get out.
2: Change the landscape, baby.
3: Yeah, it did, but it didn't require hustling. So I had a line, a bunch of shirts that I was designing around what I call the hustle ethic, which is you have to, you know, it's it's, it's skills based, it's knowledge based, it's it's uh, very personable. You gotta, you know, know, how to communicate and deal with people. You know, it's not about some quick lick. It's, you know, it's it's a lot more involved in hustling. You know, for it to be of any significance to you. So I came up with a bunch of shirts. So we went through a phase where it was kind of focused on the hustle ethic, and then I just said, you know what? I'm keep I'm skirting around the liberation struggle because in my mind, people not that and don't they don't care enough to buy stuff related to that and i just said that you know i'm going to do it anyway we say we need it we say we need certain i'm gonna start selling books i'm gonna sell the books that uh nobody's talking about but i'm gonna recommend them because some of them i know about and i think people should read these books i find old out of print books old uh from you know 40s 50s 60s 70s and i, I make them available and i say go back and read when people wrote for real for leverage they weren't writing for book sales they weren't trying to be a best-selling author they was they was really trying to get a message out whatever their ideology is Martin Luther King he wasn't selling books for money he was trying to get his message out Malcolm X wasn't talking for money he didn't have none you know what I'm saying uh you go all the way back you know people were struggling or they were sincere about the struggle it didn't got soft because the struggle is kind of like is you broke you know what I'm saying? If you broke, you struggling. You know what I'm saying? You got a couple of dollars, you good. You know what I'm saying? It's on that tip. And so, you know, uh, but the bottom line is we we not struggling. And I say, go back when it was serious you can really evaluate, and they're not trying to, you know, manipulate words, sound slick and influence you, but they were really trying to help you understand your reality and what role you can play in getting out of this bad situation. And so uh, I said, Let's sell books. You're gonna sell, but I'm gonna create some art, we're gonna, you know, uh, create some images. And I learned this because I did uh, a display for a school and they shared the word they call talking walls when they put like billboards and, you know, uh, bulletin boards and stuff like that in the schools. And I did art for this african Center school. They got they allowed me the freedom to create this art. And in creating this art, you know, uh, I tapped, I was able to tap within myself some of the things I've always thought was relevant and needed among us. And so I began to create art for the Sheds. You know what i'm saying and talking walls and i tell parents put these quotes or these proverbs or these from these uh historical figures and i try to always find figures that smile whenever i could because we do need to see people smiling more uh but i say tell parents put these on your walls it's gonna they're gonna soak it up over the years you know whether it be that i got uh some african proverbs you know i said uh for instance uh no matter how long the night, the day will come you know just a little small just simple saying but something that, that has a deeper meaning you know, everybody go through something. And, you know, everybody get past. It. You know, it's just a matter of time. And so, this is not to be, you know, dismayed, but you know, to carry on. You know, be optimistic about your future, be positive-minded. You know what I'm saying? And you know, continue to uh, struggle forward. So, uh, I was very intentional about the books and the art. So, the evolution of it is, you know, it's a full-fledged, you know, headquarters for liberation. Period you know, uh, the film I was uh, telling you about earlier that's on Prime, Gally, it talks about a lot of what we talked about, about getting people together, the struggle getting hot. We're talking about they was in Brazil under a military dictatorship, and they was trying to oust this government through armed struggle, and it was people that were scared, it was hesitant, and they the movie, the film addressed a lot of those questions in an honest and fair, legitimate, and human way, because these are, you know, that stuff ain't simple, it ain't easy, and you know, people do uh, make sacrifices in some of this work. You know, political prison. We still got people in prison today because they did work that other people were afraid to do or didn't have the time or uh, concern to do. So,
0: yeah, I definitely want to before we go also talk about some of the, some of those people. And before we do that, I want to um, just have Yusuf share about the you know what? What is the Mama cool House? You know, uh, doing you know in this moment um, that I would say number one that people can get involved in because um, we're also talking about how people can, you know, uh, be a part of the struggle, right, and the solutions, and also to um, what is it? I definitely want you to share too because you have this event coming up. What is it also too that Mama Cool House also needs in order um to do this this work the best that you know that 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 you can?
2: Well, first establishing the, the mama cool house is extension of the first institution that I helped Bill. He helped me um sustain it and get it off the ground, the urban the urban network. Um now as as an institution, it's it's first having that, having availability to and organized uh, and organize, you know, quasi something, you know, a space that we can control, like when we can be there all night, you know, we can say what we want to say, we can close the doors. Nobody else can come in. I mean, that's power. That's the ability to define our social reality, which which is very essential Um to, to be quite frankly honest. Like we're becoming off of COVID. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still recovering from seven years it took to <laughs> remodel Renovate, get that motherfucker to where is that? I mean, I'd be lying to you. Uh, you No, know, we have some, you no, know, we have the Big Mama Sunday. I mean, he, you know, he, my brother he is funny to you as well. Like sometimes we, we, we're the principal individuals behind it, but it's more than us. You no, know? And that's the thing that i know i struggle with because of people associated with me and mine's a lot deeper because of my story because of the block i grew up on but it's a community institution that's why we named it that that's why we um developed it and that was one of the things i learned from the urban network uh, with some some of the trappings that and i because i just did it i didn't have the for the wherewithal that i learned now um, and, and it's also a business. You know, it's a business that we, we're, we're flushing, we're developing out. So we're looking to have partnership. We're looking to bring other people on and develop, developing a system to create and develop the sustainability, um, particularly supporting our, our community-led initiatives. You know, this is... Not just about buying black, you no know, buying black is has to be tied to a political and a social changing the social reality. So when you, when you come and you purchase or you rent the space, or either one of ours, right? It's, it's those percentage of that goes directly into our community engagement, our community organizing. Um you no know, sharing resources over here with with, with the uh, with Detroit is different. And when our one our focal point is talking about developing a collective, a liberated zone collective, because again, because of the, the dynamics of the terrain, we find ourselves in competing spaces when even we're not trying to compete because it splits like one thing we can talk about support. If Quasi doing a fundraiser, Kari doing a fundraiser, Mama Shoe, who you know, all at doing a fundraiser. People split like who do I support? Uh, DSVN, like, and no one's. Again, we are all trying to support each other, but when can we create one space? Then this money comes here, and then it goes back out to over here, over there. Like that's getting to that level of sophistication within our struggle. But he has, he has skills. I have skills. You have skills, and developing the skill bank of how we're developing things. But also, again, yeah, there are certain things I'm good at. And there are certain things I'm not good at. Like building an institution, I've, I've, I've kind of got good at that. But do, now, now transitioning into the running, development of the programs and the sustainability. So we, we're going to be in the fall. We're going to launch something called Black Boy Joy and Black Girl Magic at the school program. Like we love to, to talk more. with you guys the freedom? We got the Freedom Summer, Freedom School thing. So again, creating an opportunity for kids to come in, do school work. We got the computers up, and then some at some point transition over to you know, bringing in. Uh, educators to not help them with some some uh, some things um, we're going to be launching a black liberation series dialogue with uh with some some vinyl albums that i have we'll, we'll be actually like playing malcolm x you know uh george not george um Jamil. yeah h R. brown and andrew davis and just having a dialogue i mean not trying to create the 60s but recreate our our version of that that nostalgia that reality again to because the political education is about reinforcing. you know that courage comes out of out of our ability to connect and then also like how do we create a social reality like there's a lot of contradiction between black men black women black gays where is that space that we can just come in and i can just say some shit not offensive but just i mean it can come off offensive but like i don't know how to say it so let me say it but then also create a space where we, we where we politicking right and it's not about me trying to hit on you you trying to hit on me it's just we building we we building brothers and sisters we building each other up then also a space like you said you want some bullshit you need to go get yourself together like that's that's the political um framework and that's what the mama cool house the detroit different on um, the share has the opportunity to be those type of spaces
0: yeah thank you for that Mm -hmm. and um i don't know i feel so full but we can't leave (laughs) a black august conversation without um centering us on some folks that we need to be centered on in this moment i know there's a campaign a continued campaign uh from matulu shakur yes i know there's a um there's many continued campaigns right um there's a a continued, uh, campaign for Mumia, Amu Jabbar, right? There's a content, there's so many continued campaigns. And I wanted to get some of these campaigns, uh, just in the space right now so that, um, you know, we, this is, you know, recorded, it's archived. And so that, you know, um, people could go back if they, maybe they know a name, maybe they don't know a name, but, uh, these are people that we, you know, that we can, uh, sign on to, you know, um, there's letter writing campaigns, there's fundraising campaigns. There are, um, you know, different bail fund campaigns. There's, uh, campaigns to support people's legal, you know, there's just, there's just campaigns and campaigns and campaigns. Um, I wanted to, you know, just throw it back to, um, to both of you. Are there folks that, um, you want us to lift up, you know, in this moment?
2: Um, you just you actually just triggered it's rem- reminding me of something so um we're looking to make an annual tradition part of the um david joe festival is bringing in veterans so we'll, we'll be bringing in Yasmin again Yasmin, she was a member of the uh, east Coast Black Panther party but also we'll be bringing in um bullwhip was was another member of the east coast panthers they're both part of the black black Panther party alumni association so what you just talked about some of those cases you will have actual people who who know them or 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 not too far from them that will that you have the opportunity to discuss they'll be at the um at the festival on saturday and then sunday we're looking to do something um over at the shed, an uh, outdoor community event. So again, yeah, I mean, and that's been the fortunate thing for me. And the most powerful thing was like uh, you can read the books and then have the opportunity to talk to people. And then, but here's a caveat: like he him and I both experienced some of these folks, you know, ain't what they also <laughs> cut out to be. But then some folks is, and then just you gotta be able to take that a grain of salt. But the ability to talk to a veteran, like they they, they don't call themselves I'm a former Panther. Right? They they shifted and like I'm still a Panther. I'm still active. I'm still organizing. Um, uh, but also they're looking like who's the next folks and the ability to, and like last year when we brought them, like it was like G Mac had an opportunity. To listen to and it was talking about are saying, like to teach the people, you gotta go out and reach the people. You gotta like the you know, Huey P. Newton thing was people learn through participation and observation. People learn through participation and observation. People just don't learn through just talking to them. They got to see some action. They got to see some things going on. And so you know, having that there, the ability to, to get some live updates. And so we're not just grabbing some shit off the wire. You got some folks that's just trying to organize and you question questioning their intention. These people who are doing, because again, we all in different struggles. And But here's a way to center this particular struggle because they, so Cause there's a lot of political prisoners, and Yasmin, you know, she can talk about it better than I can. The concentration on those who are connected to the Panthers, because they they've been the longest held political prisoners. But even even Motulu Shakur, even though he wasn't a Panther, he was associate. You know, his his uh, relationship to uh, Zay Shakur, Lamumba Shakur, and Saladin Shakur, which was Saladin was their father. But these folks, these the, the two sons was um members of the East Coast Panthers, you know, very, very um cornerstones of that. And whereas Matula was adopted as a brother to them because of some of his circumstances, but he was part of the um RNA. But most people associate him with the Black Panther Party. And so making those those distinctions, but again, they they there there's been a common struggle all along. There, there, there is no, you know, you over here, we over here, it's all fighting the same thing.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Quasi, did you want to lift up? And-
3: yes, I, I want to. Uh, talking about events and uh, this,
0: uh, this weekend before uh, uh we and can- just going to the Michael. Well, yeah, bit.
3: I'm sorry, uh, yeah, before we get to the uh, the Ava Joe uh, 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 annual backpack giveaway neighborhood festival, uh, over there in zone eight, uh, on Friday, oh, that's right, yeah, there is a, a film and discussion uh, over at the Detroit, uh, at the General Baker Institute. Uh, they're gonna be screening the film Dobis death about Mutulu's cure. Uh, and they're gonna have a conversation, like I say about it and uh the film Dovis death is about M- Mutulu's uh work as an acupuncturist uh in trying to cure people from heroin as part of activist work in uh, New York. And uh you know, uh, a lot came out of that that effort, but uh he was he was very good and he taught a lot of people how, to uh, also uh, do the acupuncture and uh, so the film was about that struggle around how he got involved and you know ultimately how he ended up uh, in prison and it's a very informative documentary and I'm sure the conversation could not be nothing but uh, informative and fruitful for anyone that attend.
0: What what time again?
3: Oh yes uh, it's at the uh, Journal Baker Institute at 15798 Leavenoise near uh, the Lodge Freeway and it's at 6.30 p.m.
0: Okay. Yeah. And thank you for that. And also just, you know, just to remind folks that, that, that his campaign is active. Yes, and very, so, very, yeah, active. Yeah, very active. He's 72
3: years old. Uh, it's, it's very important. He's been in prison a long time and he's making sacrifice not for himself, but for his people. Uh, he's very clear on that. He's, he's never wavered on that. Uh, and it's our duty because we, we send a message to young people that, uh, you know, when we ignore our political prisoners, when we ignore our fighters, those who make those sacrifices for us, we send a message to our young people that we're gonna leave them hanging. You know, uh a lot of what I become is because I've in so many regards as a I'm talking about in my ignorance. I'm going to prison and you know, there, you know, a lot of what I became was out of me trying to grow out of being dependent on others because people disappoint you, but we must support our people. We must support. You know what I'm saying. And, uh, we we abandon people way too easy. You know, way too easy. This is so random.
1: Do you know who Wallow is? Do y'all know who Wallow is? Oh
2: so yes. Yeah, who po- be with? That's, uh, the, that's the podcast guy. Yeah, right? you. Out of, out of Philadelphia.
1: Remind me so much of Wallow. Like, okay, so let me tell you why. So not because of his incarceration, but what his post life is and what he does on his everyday walk. So guys come onto the podcast, they bring like their gangs, their crews with them, like the rappers, like they come in with like a hundred people. And so he looks at them and tells them all, you know, very, very intimate stories about his childhood. And when the moment he realized he had to grow up, so his, he was telling Little Dirk, like Little Dirk is a rapper from Chicago and his cousin is King Von, y'all heard of this? So King Von got murdered. And a lot of people in music and on Instagram, they antagonize little Dirk by saying he needs to shed, get get it back in blood for his cousin, right? Instigating, Instigating it. So when he came onto that podcast with, uh, what is his name? Gilly the Kid and Wallow. Wallow explained to them and told him a story about how he, his brother was shot in front of their grandmother's home. And his brother, once he was shot, basically died in his arms and he cried and he passionately talked about the moment that he realized that he became a man was when he did not no longer seek revenge. He no longer wanted revenge because he understood what revenge would do. It would only create a more of an ecosystem of pain and trauma for his family. Never in and cycle. so he's always angling and talking through his experiences to kind of show or foreshadow what their worlds can become or what their worlds will become if they don't make certain changes. So when I hear you talking, how you position and carry yourself on like an everyday base, right? You have to be relatable. You don't have to be relatable. Right. But I think both of you are very relatable people just in, Hey, how you doing? How are you? How was your day? Right. Um, you so I've always taken you as serious, but I've never taken you as like unapproachable or um, in a situation of where I don't want to engage with you. I think you both are very welcoming. And so, but you specifically, Quasi, like you don't wear, like you're very lighthearted. Like, your past and who you are is not wanting to be there.
2: That's because curly hair. No, it's that's not the, that. That's curly... But that's why you remind me of Wallow. You <laughs> would look curly... at Wallow and you curly... would be like, there's no I'm way. telling you it's the curly hair. The no. Curly... No.
1: <laughs> no, transformation. Uh, you it's know, just interesting.
3: I wrote a, I wrote an article uh, uh, last year in a Rebuild newspaper. It's online at rebuildcollective.org, if you want to read it, uh, about uh, the death of uh, Sanyika Shakur. You know i saying a very highly respected uh comrade uh, who you know he had a troubled life he was a he was a strong contributor to my development uh in his uh theoretical writings and, and things uh, sharp brother but he had a he had you know some some hang a few hangups that just kept a lot of it was the struggle ultimately it was america but and i was wrestling with writing this article but it really Pointing me back to myself and thinking about change and transformation. You sort of help, help a couple people assisted because I, I, I vetted some other opinions before I would go to print because I need to be clear that in uh, talking about Brother Sanyeke because I have a lot of respect for him that I'm not dogging. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I use a lot of his own words. I use his own words because he was honest. He was, he, you know, he was honest. Mm-hmm. But I also- say a
1: big word. I'm picking up my brother.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But transformation was core and I was writing and I was thinking about myself and the transformation that I still need. Mm. I mean, that work is an ongoing work. Uh, I began transformation a long time. I began transformation in prison. I was different than a lot of other prisoners. And most people that know me from prison know me because that distinction. I got you. You know, everybody was in religion and I moved into, I started a religion I moved into politics i dealt with the real the reality of all of us and not just the beliefs of a few of us mm. you know what i'm saying and that was critical but i still engaged with everybody I understand you know what i'm saying so i was beginning a transformation and like who am i because i was young i was 19 years old when i went i was you know running the streets didn't know nothing i didn't even know who malcolm x was i mean that's wow. i didn't know what islam was or the muslims i just see him on the street selling incense and oils I just thought they was crazy I ain't know I mean for real I didn't I was there when they say deaf dumb and blind I didn't know nothing I was lost you know what I'm saying earth if it wasn't in the streets I ain't know it because I lived in a small bubble so I began to you know when I started learning things you know I was all about it I was all about learning and you know, discovering because uh I felt man you know it was refreshing to know something and then like I say, I was in religion, and then you know what? I'm arguing with God. Like, all this mess is, you know, just beliefs and not to diminish any of the religion. Because all of the, those were stepping stones in my development as well. Yeah. All of them were stepping stones. But the way we carried on as brothers in that environment was not reflective of the best of even those religious faiths. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that environment is toxic, just like the hood is toxic. And it didn't start in there, it started out here, it just got exaggerated behind the walls and uh, behind the barbed wire. Everything's exaggerated. I sold dope and I had a fleet of cars, brother. <laughs> he was on the corner working for a man. I knew you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you
2: know. i going to say, I mean like the, the transformation that Kwasi talking about, then there's a different, a different another level, right? So him and, him and I are very similar. And to the serious, he's, he's just as serious as I am. However, he's worked on another aspect of, he's an introvert. However, you wouldn't take it. He, he, no, he's he's not goofy, but he, he no, he's friendly. He's engaging. You have to catch if you catch me in the right environment, right? I'm I'm comfortable. I let my walls down, and so because the the rap is about me, I'm not approachable. You are. I know. I I, I, I know, I'm not <laughs> trying to tell you about yourself. I'm no, sorry. no, you good. No, you good. No, you good. I'm saying for <laughs> other folks, right? Because the people say you're approachable they never approach me. I'm
3: been told the same thing. Though. Yeah,
2: but it but. It's all part of the trauma, it's all part of the, the oppression. Mm-hmm. You know, when you again as oppressed people coming out of the toxic toxicity and the neighborhoods that we've experienced, trust is a big issue. Mm-hmm. And then also like he like 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 he said at one time, like when, when we go out, not together, but just in general, oh they go with the name with the name change. Oh, they'll go the guy, he don't eat pork. You know what I mean? This there's a large list of people already. Oh, again, that's the guy he but, don't
3: but it was like that, it was like that behind the walls. Some yeah. guys in the organization mm-hmm. they all had their symbols they medallion <coughs> something that identified them with whether the nation or linings or na- more signs temple or whatever they had symbols so an approach and i was like even when i was in organization like i don't want to wear this because when you approach somebody or they see you coming they already
1: know Here you come with that black stuff yeah, right you exactly. black are you stuff. saying it's unavoidable so the thing is <sighs> when you're on a mission that people are gonna try to put you somewhere because Absolutely. they're still learning themselves.
2: Absolutely. I mean, people are gonna box you in, but I'm saying too it's a challenge, they don't want to rise to that
1: level,
3: they don't
4: uh,
2: want to deal with that. It's a it's a both end, it's a balance, it's because I mean we all been there, yeah. Right? Oh, look at that nigga, right? But also the, the ability there to they got that girl gr- talking about girl. back to Africa, right? But also the ability <laughs> to curve because you got to like, think the word someone said earlier, it might have been um Piper be relatable. Yeah, you can't learn so much. That you that you're so far removed from the people because at the end, at at the end of like the quasi point we're in there we all particular we all was i was jojo i'm still jojo so i can't be removed but it's it's how do you find that healthy balance where because because ultimately in this space i'm i never want to go back Are to you be still
3: jojo no that's that's transformation some people
1: stuck.
2: yeah but i, I never I never want to go back However, I always want to be relatable too. And that, and that's it's that's part what... of who
1: you are though. Jojo is I'm assuming your old name
2: old name old lifestyle old thought process But that's
1: still part of who you are and that's what makes you relatable right what transformation is supposed to submerge that now you it's part of your history it's it's a lesson but that's where the the energy of relatability i think is coming from yes 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 absolutely some of it only some of it like pieces of it i mean but it it makes you because
3: you're a real person yeah you know what i'm saying you're a real person with real experiences and you know experience Yusuf is the transformation to a lot of people Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? People can relate to that. People can relate to the anger, to the rage, to the disappointment, to uh, the battles. I mean, it's a lot to relate to mm-hmm. because it's not a unique experience if you grew up in the hood, I you. you know what I'm saying? So we all share it, so it's like, oh, he won us, he just he he changed, but he know about us, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? No, he ain't. He ain't no square. He ain't you know talking that you know like the preacher come down like he here. Said. He just got the Bible in his hand.
1: Like when he said, <laughs> you know mean? if, "If it's a, he's like if it's a free world, why you ain't doing it at your house?"
2: Right, right. I mean, like people <laughs> are automatically assume, and it's and it's a good assumption as if like I don't party.
1: Tell me, tell
2: me, I don't.
1: <laughs> but if you've ever been to the Mama Cool House, it's a whole vibe. It's yeah, a whole and he, party. And he and he'll leave before
3: everybody
1: to my head. Right. I mean, gonna lock
2: up? Right. That's just that, that's just how I am. If you invite me out, I'm gonna go to the bar. I'ma bring my book with me. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a certain thing. I don't smoke weed, but I drink. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you do your thing. Don't smoke it around me. I just don't mm-hmm. do it. But but because of people' perception and and how they project, because also like they become a mirror like i want to change but i ain't ready to change yet bro so can you keep that over there you fucking up my as gendry say you fucking up my vibe Mm -hmm. but again how to be relatable and treat people treat people fair but also being firm and Mm -hmm.
0: stuff
1: i love that boundaries um i know Piper. i'm gonna let you bring in his event though i want you to bring that in no go ahead really yeah okay so you're doing an annual event every Mm -hmm. single year for how long
2: this ought be our 16th year consecutively.
1: Okay. So can we talk about the intention behind the event, where the event started, and then where mm-hmm. it is now, and then what your excitement is about this 16th year and what you, you know, talk about
2: it. Yeah. I mean, That's a great question. So um, you know, we both openly talked about being in prison. Quasi came, quasi came home before I did. Uh, he was active and whatnot and my process of getting active was just a little different than his um and we he they helped they started a group called hope helping our prison elevate he brought me to a meeting i was (laughs) cussing and fussing and and, but then i got to the point where i i was calling like every other day with an idea like man let's do this and do that they got to the point where he was screening my calls (laughs) i was just you know the idea man and then you know just i just thought hey we should do a backpack here. now it was a school a school supply event called the young brothers and sisters he helped organize um did at my mom's this was like 2005.
3: the first one was at the cabal center right
2: nope, nope the one we did at the my mom the one in 2005 that that was the second one we did at cabal center right. a, a year so we've done so this is this event has taken place over 20 times but okay. consecutively it's been 16 16 years uh, I mean, the, the joy of it is bringing the conversation back to the previous conversation. You know, I brought dishonor to my house. I brought shame to my house, which is my mother's house. The ability to now bring honor over the last sixteen years to bring to bring uh, peace and love and hope into my community and my neighborhood, and just on, on, on a subtle on a subtle level, it's grown. And it's been big, you know. I think a lot of folks have, whether they admit it or not, have taken it, run with it, and duplicated Which we are—we're all excited about that. That's what—that's what it's for. But my, but more importantly, the, the, the ability to be able to, like quasi talking about, like root ourselves in our neighborhood, our community, because it's fractured, and particularly in Zone Eight, and like even over here, you know the gentrification that, that that we experience, and more importantly, again as organizers, uh, most folks like man, what? How do the question like? was that like how do i organize where do i begin like just go back to your block like it doesn't take a lot of money to organize it takes heart it takes it takes um patience, patience. it takes you know having network you know like again I, I didn't i didn't know what i was doing the first time like you like you you got uh some money from um some folks that don't i think jewel wear donated through your work some other people my sister father had, had donated water I. Right? Like that was my first learning experience. Like we just we just pulled it together. We didn't have a Winked. bunch yeah, exactly. A bunch of meetings. And here we are 16 years later. You no know, uh, festival. Yeah, whole festival. Um, you no, know, like even like the backpack aspect uh is a brother named Quite, Coit, Coit Ford, who who used to work with um, he was on Ken Cocker Jr.'s uh staff, city council member, city council member who helped establish the transition from just a, a school supply to the backpack, where they that like when and this, I will always admire respect Ken Cocker Jr. for this. When he came and he supported, not like most politicians, where they trying to be the forefront, being the lead, he was in the background. Like, and, and court would go out and they would raise you know, cost of five thousand dollars every year. They helped us get us to the point where now the theme of it was a backpack, but but also wrapping around, it's like we're going to create a whole event. So when you come, the backpack is the last thing you're going to experience. <laughs> and, but you got to experience everything else. And, and then, you know, having live entertainment, like everything that, you know, what Kari's over here doing. But how often, you know, even if people don't come out, they can sit on their porch, you know, and just, just experience. And then one day they're, oh, what y'all guys going over there? What I mean, this is how you build community. This is how you build, build neighborhood, particularly, and this is, again, what we say, putting neighbor back in the hood. So no longer yeah, we
3: you recognize that I remember you recognized that elder that lived in that Eric Tubman homes, uh Miss Boyd or something like Mother boy. Phoebe. Phoebe, Mama
2: Phoebe. Yeah, mama, yeah. And, and 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 the significant thing about that, Mother Phoebe, when I was a kid, she used to clean the neighborhood up. She used to have the box lunches. And you know, as a kid, I but because I didn't have the right frame of mind, I couldn't appreciate it. But once I got the right frame of mind, it's on it's on the that legacy. I was able to walk into it, so yeah, it's nothing by accident. It's nothing by happenstance. There, there's always a continuity and connection to it. So the, the intentionality is one, like doing it in zone, like in the neighborhood. And we could have, like I've been, you know, people have been. Man, you should do it over here. You should do it over there. Why we can't do it over here though? <laughs> you no, know, nothing happens over here. That's the point. We should do it over there. Right? But again, if we if we're not doing this. What this It'll is never how to, happen over exactly. here. I don't do it. Right, this is why the hood remains the hood and the type of behavior that it, that it becomes because we're not investing in it. We're not pouring water on the on the flowers to 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 refurbish, to grow, and to be able to to see the light. That's what and that's the, the significant thing. And so I haven't talked about like the trend. No, my, I lost my mother in January. Like uh, the the backpack event could not be successful without her. Like she's all the things that she's done behind. You know, we all got mothers and fathers, but check our mothers. Like they're are our, bi- our biggest cheerleaders, our biggest champions. Um, like the food that we ate, like you get hot dogs, but then you got a full course meal that my mother helped prepare and co- and contribute. And so um, it's only made sense to to and the average Festival, Festival and honor hers though. She she opened her doors. You know, when you invite somebody to your mom's house, like oh, that's that's some significant. And that's that's the you know, the, the meaning and the, and the symbolic thing to it. So beautiful. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: when it take place? Oh, August August sixth from one from one to six p.m. Then the following weekend we got New African Family Day at the shed. Oh yeah.
1: So you want to talk about that a little bit? Tell people a little uh, bit about that. Yeah. Uh,
2: New
3: African Family Day taking place over at the shed over there on uh, Flanders off Gunston uh, by City Airport. Uh, just a, it's a day just to you know relax chill you know what i'm saying uh take it easy uh come and meet some you know what i'm saying positive you know what i'm saying uh active folks uh bring your family you know if you got kids bring your children we're gonna have activities for children you know what i'm saying if you got elders that don't get out much get them out you know what i'm saying we have elder we did it uh in 2016 uh our first time we did it on you know shoestring it was it was a blast everyone had a wonderful time uh it exceeded the time and you know everyone you know and uh we want to repeat that because uh it's healthy uh it's, it's summertime like I said we, it's a lot of block parties and school reunions it's a lot of things taking place across the city uh throughout the summer Detroit is a very busy city when it comes to activities you know people don't just sit around Mm-mm. but uh you know uh we want something that was that's wholesome that's clean that's safe uh you know and we just want to engage our people and you know like I say build stronger ties you know building community through families and families, is the foundation the cornerstone of the nation and uh we need to emphasize that uh, you know we need that's why we emphasize this ain't the place for young men to come and meet them a girl bring your girl <laughs> bring your girl you know i'm saying let us let us meet you know what i'm saying let her tell us about how you treating her you know what I'm saying? all that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. uh so we, we really want to be you know uh truly family-centered but we wanted it to be fun and you know the people will ultimately define what it is at the end but it's something that i'm uh, not just doing here in detroit but i promote it throughout the new African independence movement they recently had a new african family Day in chicago uh which you know they got a few pictures in the uh, current edition of the rebuild newspaper just i should have some by tomorrow
2: right. okay sweet
3: uh-huh
2: i said sweet and,
3: and uh so uh you know, it, it's a it's a good thing. It's just positive, uh, something. You know, I almost like I say, canceled it. And one because I didn't want to work too hard after thinking about my nephew. But then I realized, you know what? I'm still not gonna work too hard, and it's gonna still be cool because it, it's a day of fun, and I shouldn't be stressing to make a day of fun. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's not gonna be stressful, leading to it. You no, know, yeah. And we gonna if anybody bring stress, gonna walk away relieved of it. Mm.
0: So that's that's the anyway. Yeah, that's thank you first of all thank both of y'all for coming on and um spending your time and sharing, you know, your knowledge, your wisdom and um and just giving us a little taste because um you know, y'all are definitely um two of the sharpest knives in the drawer that I know of. I'm
2: fair for a square.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean y'all are pretty sharp, you know. I I have this um this dream of um having some sort of, uh, critical thinking, uh, I don't know, critical thinking events around the city to like teach people critical thinking. And I just envision like bringing y'all into this to like, you know, do these critical thinking events, you know what I mean? Cause just, I just think that, um, that's where we are right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? But we've had a little taste of y'all's, you know, critical perspective here. Um, and, you know, I just appreciate that y'all came here to share, you know, that critical perspective, you know, because it's your, invitation,
3: right? oh, your yes. invitation.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we're all doing similar work or we all doing the same work, tell you the right. truth. We you are, know, we all do the same work. And, um, you know, y'all have built these spaces. You know, I just want to employ people, implore upon people to please go visit these spaces and support these spaces and support. Um, the important work that y'all are doing in these spaces, and um, you know, doing stuff for youth, doing stuff for families, you know, doing stuff to build back up the neighborhoods, um, and you know, just building our communities. And then how y'all are pouring back into, you know, these other spaces, right? Like Detroit is different, right? Is a is a part of that. So um, I just appreciate it, and I'm and I really want to employ everyone to please you know, there are so many political prisoners right now. Um, Two campaigns that, you know, please get involved in if you are not involved in uh, the Matula Shakur campaign, you know, uh, Mumia um, Abu-Jamar campaign, but there are, I mean, literally thousands of campaigns right now that um, there's people who need, again, people who need, you know, uh, things on their commissary, right? People need money on their books, like people need, you know, a lawyer fees, people need bail fees, people need you to just post, you know, that they need, right? Um, and just continue, you know, to support our people, because um, I, you know, I used to, back in the day, think that, you know, there was a, a separation between, right, like a regular prisoner, or like a political prisoner, but in general, everyone, that's um behind the wall is is be there is there because of the socioeconomic political reasons and so even um, standing in judgment of why a person's there or trying to you know uh, justify what you know why to support one or another you know I think that uh, the point is that everybody right needs to uh, get out number one and those places uh, need to not exist and that we need other ways in which you know, like y'all said, that we are uh, creating, you know, uh, safety for one another and redefining safety and 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 relooking at what that looks like and just uh, reconnecting that back to the events that y'all are doing our ways in which you know, where that, that 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 folks are like, you know, just redefining these spaces in which we live. But anyway, that was a lot just to say, like, thank y'all. You know what I'm saying? For for, for coming on here. Just, yeah. Yeah. And so um just before we go, um give us all these social media links and ways in which people can connect. So I'll start with you, Yusuf.
2: Uh yusuf Shakur. Um folks can reach out me directly at three one three four five nine six zero zero eight. Coming to the Mama Cool Community House 2431 Ferry Park, and I just want to, also. We talked about books earlier, and, and we can't talk about books in Black Argus without talking about Blood, My Eye, and "Solidarity That Brother by George Jackson.
3: Yes, uh, I want to give you the information. Uh, Instagram for the shed is at the dot shed, S H E D. Uh, on Facebook, it is the shed at March Park, M A R T Z Park. Uh uh uh, we still uh seeking vendors for the new African Family Day. Is anybody out there want to vend? We offer vending spaces uh thirty dollars. You gotta bring your own table chair and ten if you need it. Uh so you can and you can uh reach me at 313-285-8450 if you are interested in vending or have any other questions related to the shed or other work that I do.
0: uh, at is Food Detroit on Instagram and
1: 248 804 3140. If you want to know more about is Food Detroit, um, also we have a what is it, Piper Carter Podcast Instagram, and I'll let Pipe do our other tags.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Brittany. So, yeah, so on Instagram, Piper Carter Podcast, and we have a website, pipercarterpodcast.com. Also, too, the Detroit is different dot net is the podcast website and Detroit is different.com is the blog website. And you can go to Detroit is different on Instagram and all of your social media to support the Detroit is different podcast network. And this is Piper Carter. Thank y'all to Yusuf quasi Brittany and Detroit and all our listeners. And um, yeah, uh, support your Black August events and support um free all political prisoners and free the land.
3: I didn't mean necessary.
1: Peace.
0: Peace. Yes.
1: So good.